0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Marcus and Melina Cruz. We hope that you'll be blessed by today's message. I'm telling you right now that there are unctions on the inside of you that God wants to to bring forth on the inside of you. But they don't take place by you not saying or doing anything. I know uh, this last uh, Wednesday, Pastor Melina taught on prayer. And it was a very powerful evening. One of the reasons why prayer is so powerful, because once you learn how to pray, then you begin to know why it is important that you need to know how to pray. And how many of you know that part of learning how to pray is learning to stick to it? Yes. That's right. You want changes, you're going to have to learn to stick to it. Yeah, that's right. that's good. Even when you don't feel worthy. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's good. Yeah. When you don't feel righteous. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. yeah. you hear me? Yeah. Because there's going to be times in your life where you feel that there are obstacles in your life. But God is wanting you to kick, is wanting to teach you how to kick those doors down. Those doors of self-doubt, the source of, those those sources of lack of inability, those sources of I can't do that, or the source of I'm not anointed like brother so-and-so. I'm not anointed like sister so-and-so. But I want to tell you right now that you are anointed. You are anointed. You are seated with Christ in the heavenlies. You have already been made righteous. If you've asked Jesus in your heart, you've already been made righteous. You can't get any more righteous than you already are. The one thing that you can do, however, is to live a life so that your conscience is clear. So that you can be confident. So that you can rule and reign as you ought to rule and reign. And too many believers are living far below what, what, what is already due to them. Yeah. What they already have to them. Right. You can't get any more authority than you already have. You already have the authority, the God-given authority. Right. Yeah. You have. Yeah. Now, whether you choose to implement that authority, that is completely, entirely up to you. Right. Yeah, that's right. But let me just say something to you right now. Those of you who can hear me under the breath of my voice. That right now, that if you pick up the very authority that God has already given you and learn to master that very tool, Uh you learn to master that very tool, there is nothing that will ever be withheld from you. Do you you want to hear what I'm saying? I'm telling you, that's great news. You learn to master what God has given you. God knows how far you'll go in Mario Brothers you'll be able to make it to the final run and be able to beat that game called Life. Yeah. Can, can I get amen? Yeah, Obviously, this is a 1980s <laughs> example. <laughs> or Pastor Moses has the '90s, but really it's an 80s thing because we used to be able to play Mario in, in the, at, at, at Hoagies uh, uh, there on Olive Avenue where they used to be a sandwich shop. I and mean, Some of you don't even know what Hoagies is. <laughs> some of you weren't even alive when Hoagies was there. Very few of you have been, but Hoagies was the sandwich shop. Everybody went to Hoagies, and you and I remember the steak sandwich that I used to go there and get, filled with goodness. I'm going to tell you right now, God's got something that to, in your life that's filled with goodness that's ever ready for you to receive. Say, so I am ready to receive. That's why it's so important to recognize what you're joined to. 1 Corinthians 5.17 says that we are joined in one spirit with the Lord. Do you hear that? You are joined with one spirit. His spirit. If you're born again, you're joined with his spirit. Now, you may not be joined in your thought life, but your spirit is joined to the Lord. Uh And it's important that we learn to have fellowship with the spirit that already resides on the inside of us. Yeah, amen. Why is it important? Because that's where your authority and your direction will come from. Right. That's how you will know to rebuke a devil. That's how you will know to walk in love. That's how you will know that, what the plan of God is for your life. Yeah. That is where you will learn to find out and be confident about the man or the woman of God that God has called you to be. Yeah. Say, I am, I am. learning. Becoming, becoming confident, confident in the anointing of God, anointing of God. Yeah. I said, "I am confident. I am. I'm not trying to be. Cry. I am. I am. Yeah. Woo, hallelujah! Yeah. I tell you, man, we have to live a life. Live a life on the full. Yeah. Mm. Hebrews six twelve says that, that we should not be slothful, but be followers, but followers of those through faithfulness and patience." Who, who inherited the promises. We shouldn't, be, we shouldn't treat certain things with slackness. We should treat them as important. Yeah. Hebrews eleven six that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Therefore, if I can't please God, how can... Well, I don't know how to please God. How do you begin to please God if you don't know where to please God? Says without faith, it is impossible to please God. Therefore, what do I need? I need to start having faith. If I start learning how to have faith, I, can, I start to find out who I am. If I find out who I am and the authority I have, then I can please him because now my confidence is not within myself or within my ability, but my faith and my trust is in him. Right. Right. Let me say that again. My faith, my trust, my confidence is in him. Can I get an amen out there? Amen. Amen. My confidence is not in my ability. My confidence is knowing what he can do through me, through the name of Christ Jesus, the one with whom I have partnered with in my spirit. You are a partner of Jesus Christ. That's the best ministry to be, ever be in partnership. How many of you know that that's red hot Kentucky, uh, Mississippi, Delta, uh, uh, valley, valley soil? Anything will grow in that soil when it is connected right anything will grow. You could put a, a stick in there and it'll survive. <laughs> Amen? Amen. So how do I get faith, Pastor Marcus? Where do I begin to have faith? Well, Romans 10:17 says and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It also comes through the preaching of God's word. Yeah. That's how you begin to have faith. You mean I have to believe the things that you're preaching? If you want God's best, you have to believe that any time the preacher comes to preach, yeah, yeah, and, he's, and I'm not just saying any preacher, one who pro- points you to Jesus yeah, yeah. as the author and end of your faith, yeah, yeah. who points you to Jesus and says, this is what we trust in. Yeah. This is what we believe in. Yeah. And stop believing in the confidence that you have within yourself. Yeah. Things will begin to change. Yeah, good, faith will begin to germinate. Many of us are waiting to have great faith to do anything, but all you need is a little bit of faith to start doing great things. Come on. Isn't that what Jesus said at the fig tree? If you just have a little bit of faith, mm-hmm. just a little bit of faith, yeah. it'll become a, it'll become, or not the fig tree, the mustard tree, it'll become a mustard tree. He said it'll become grow great and grow big and it'll be a, a mighty, uh, even though it's the smallest of, small of little herbs, yet it can be grown to be one of the mightiest of trees. Yeah. Isn't that what the scripture said? So therefore, it's important that you and I begin to grow and produce in the areas of faith and be confident in who you are. I said, be confident in who you are. Stop walking around like you have no confidence. Uh One thing I I marvel and listening to, I had an independent question. Uh, where I got to talk to Dr. Mize on the side and got to ask him some questions and, I was, and reviewing some of the things that he was saying to me. But one of the things that has really stood out to me over the time is, is taking ownership. Hear what I'm saying? Write this down. It's taking ownership of the court of your life. Yeah. So anybody here familiar with basketball? Everybody watch a basketball game? What do they say? This is our house. When they're playing baseball, what do they say? This is our house. Yeah. When they're playing football, this is our house. When you walk in your home, this is our house. Right. See, when you have that approach with the devil, no, this is our house. Right. Even the demons, That's even right. the devils have to raise up and perk up their ears. That's right. Even they have to mind you. Yeah, they do. One thing he said, he goes, you know, you just got to one thing. I like doctor said, he said this on the side. He says, you, know, you just got to the, the, get the devil to mind you. What do you do with a dog that does not mind you? You discipline him. You get in his face. Hey, knock it off. I had that lovely experience this week with uh, Miss Violet. If you don't know who Miss Violet is, you're like, are we talking to some lady that way? Miss Violet is a Airedale. She's a dog. She's Olivia's dog. And if you're not careful, she will have her way of wanting to do things. She will have her ideas of how she, but she has to learn to mind me. Right? The devil is always present. The only question is, will you make him mind you? Don't get into that. What are you doing? Get out of there. That's right. That's right. Amen. What are you doing bringing that into that? What are you doing bringing those dirty paws in? Get out. Go out. Right. You've got to get the devil to mind you. Yeah. And how do you begin to get the devil to mind you? You start to begin to take your authority. That's right. Can I get some amens out there? See, some of your life situations are staying the way they seem because you have yet to get the devil to mind you. You speak the wrong way. You talk the wrong way. You talk lack. You talk defeat. And when you pray, you, you pray like you're begging God. And God had, has nothing to do with begging. Oh, please, God. Help her. Let me change places with her. That poor little baby. I love that story testimony. You know, the, the guy's coming there. He's he's a minister and he's praying for a baby and for a baby to be raised from the dead. And the guy goes, "Oh, let me trade spot." The one minister is just praying. He don't know. He don't know any better. He goes, "Lord, just let me trade places with the little one." Lord, let me. Lord, you know, uh, she's just so little. She's just so small. She's just so frail. Please don't let her die. Let me take her place instead of her dying. Nothing happened. Finally, finally the minister says to him, brother, I love you. I respect you. You're a great faith man, but we can't pray like that and and expect results. You can never talk. If I was a manager or director of a business and I came to Abu Bay, I said, Abu Bay, please work harder today. I really need you to work hard. (laughs) Please work hard today, Abu Bay. Please, I, I will trade places. Please work hard today. Come on, Abu Bay, please. Yeah. What position as a manager does that make me? Like, don't you know you're the one in charge? Yeah. Don't you know that he works for you? Yeah. Don't you know that you direct him? Yeah. You, you would say, What's wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. Let me say to the church, What's wrong with you? Let me say to the body of Christ, what's wrong with you that you don't take the position that has already been given to you? You have a rightful position. You are a rightful heir. You were adopted in and engrafted to the body of Christ. You are a true vine. Not some wild thing growing off on the side. Remember when Jesus walks into town over there in Mark chapter 5? Sorry, in Mark 11. He walks into town the triumph, triumphal entry. He walks up to he walks up to a fig tree. Not a mustard tree. He walks into a fig tree and he says to he says to the fig tree, because he he's he's just already had a triumph, he's already done a triumph, he's had a great big party for a king. They would say, This is the king, which is pretty wild. And then he sees walking in, he sees a tree, and he curses the fig tree. The tree didn't die right away but he dealt with the fig tree. What was he dealing with? He was dealing with fruitlessness. Mm -hmm. He was dealing with fruitlessness of that tree. Then he goes into the synagogue and he begins to chastise him and throw the things out that were not working. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, we need to pay close attention to why Jesus does things. Jesus does not want fruitfulness in our lives. He says, I am the, you are the vine, I am the vine dresser. If something doesn't produce fruit, I will clip it. Yeah. Don't shut me down because I'm preaching real good. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, we need to be mindful of what we have and use rightfully and skillfully what he's already given to you and I. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We, should, we should serve the Lord with fear. Paul says, we should fear the Lord with fear and trembling. Yeah, serve him. Serve him, yeah. Yeah. Serve him means... You're not waiting for someone else to serve him. Yeah. Will you please do your job? Because if you don't do your job, then I'm going to have to go so I get someone else to do your job. He was like, oh, that sounds like a good exchange." <laughs> <laughs> but it's your job to serve. It's not someone else's job to serve. Yeah. You have a place in the body that has already been secured. No one else can be you well, I want to be like Pastor Marcus. I want to be like that. I remember growing up and seeing a guy who was a minister walk in with a suit and he had a, his beautiful wife and his beautiful kids and his beautiful watch. His beautiful, I go, oh man, I wish I could be just like that guy. Have no care in the world. Give me a righteous break. We all have cares that try to creep in. It's, a, it's what we do with those cares that matters. We deal with the cares. You can't look at another person's life and say, oh, I just wish I could be like them. My life would be so much. See, the only difference between you and them is this. They they learn how to master their their cares. They learn how to master certain elements of their life. Now, you don't know what's going on in their life. You don't know. You don't know maybe he's got a $100,000 note of debt waiting there behind him that he's ignoring. You don't know. But what you do know is this, is this, you have, God has given you a life and that with that life, you ought to secure that note by being what God has called you to be. Not doing what God has called you to be is not securing the note or the value that God has already presently placed upon your life. Come on. Can I get an amen out there? So we need to live a life on the full. You and I, we have to live life on the foot. Let's open our Bibles to Mark chapter 11. So we have as believers have to learn to take control of the way we talk, learn to master how we speak. The only way we're going to do it is through the help of the Holy Spirit. That's why, that's why James says that you and I cannot control our tongue. But you can't control him, control your tongue through the help of the Holy Spirit. By partnering up to Jesus, you can control your speech, right? Right. We need to reign in our words, take control of our speech, take care of double talk. Like I said, no begging, no bartering, not talking about taking places with a kid, taking your rightful place. In Mark 11, chapter 23, he says this, For surely I say to you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and he, and you will what have them. If you are not saying, you will not have. If you're not taking your rightful position and know who you are? And you're begging Abu Bay to do something for you? Please Abu Bay, please Abu Bay, please. And Abu Bay says, "Look, that's not my job to give you that. You're the one with the checkbook. Why are you begging me?" Can I get an amen? It's us taking our rightful place, knowing who we are, saying unto the mountain, be thou removed, using the authority that God has already given you, already predestined that you should walk in. Yeah. But if you're double talking, you're not secure in what you say. One minute you're cursing, cursing man, cursing God, cursing people. While you drive, you, you, you talk and you throw, you throw loose language around. You may not even have to curse oh, I just don't feel very well today. You have to be secure in knowing what you have. No amount of begging will ever change the mind of God. You don't have to beg God for what you already have. When you beg, it shows a lack of faith because faith is secure in knowing what it already possesses. Faith knows what it has much like you, some of you know what's in your bank account and what's not in your bank account. You're secure in knowing what you know. Yeah. When you're secure in knowing what you know, no one can talk you differently right. because you're secure already in what you know. Yeah. When you have faith and when you trust God, you already are secure in what you know. Nothing can change your mind right. that you are the healed. Nothing can count. And, and, and the double talk is this, well, I don't know why God hasn't done it yet. I just can't wait to get back to the glory days when miracles used to happen. Yeah. Boy, I tell you, that is some talking as if something happened. You know, here's a, here's a problem with being in a church with lots of miracles. When, they, when, it, when it appears that they feel like they well up, it goes, remember the days when we used to have miracles? Well, it seems like things aren't happening. When really the, the, the contingent, what hasn't happened is that we haven't changed. We haven't moved with God. We haven't flowed with God. But to get back into the flow of God is easy. Yeah. It is so easy. It's not hard. And you know, God's not there going to stump you over the head. Well, I told you so, whack. Yeah. He's not that way. He said, that's right. All you have to do is trust me. Yeah. Come on, let's do this. You can do this. Yeah. He's there to encourage you. Yes, you that's can right. do this. Yeah. Come on, let's get it on like Donkey Kong. Yeah. That's, right. yeah. that's your God. Yeah. Yes, you can. Yes. You can do all things through Christ, who gives you the strength. It's not based on your ability. It's just it depends on your your compliance to do what's already been given to you, whether you want to use it or not. We have to use what God has given to us. We have to we have to take our rightful place with what He's already given to you. You and I. We have a place that cannot be replaced by somebody else. Can I get an amen? And we've got to get out of that assumptive place of believing and start getting into our authority. Many more, people, many, many more believers walk on assumption versus of their authority. They assume things. They assume, well, that's not, that thing should be that way. They, assu- they make assumptions about people. They make assumptions about God. But they don't take their authority over situations you got to start praying as if someone who's not making an assumption, you got to start praying as somebody who already knows that you have the authority. You're not assuming that you have authority. And you're not moved if you don't see things change right away. You know, that was one of the first things I had to learn when I started praying for those who were out there, the community. Started witnessing. I had to learn. I had to absolutely learn how to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. One, it took faithfulness to do it. Second, it took a no no quitting sense type of mentality that I'm not going to quit just because I don't see something happen. And sometimes just because I didn't see, didn't mean someone didn't come back later. You know, you you prayed for me. I didn't feel much happen, but it seemed like within the next three days, I got healed. Uh God delivered me. You can't can't live off off of assumptions that things aren't happening just because you don't see them happen quickly. You have to to live under the authority knowing God's taking care of it. Right. It's already been prayed for. That's right. I'm going to outlast the devil. Yes. you got to get that no quitting sense. Come on. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to outlast the devil on this. Right. Isn't that what happened? That's what, ha- what happened happened? the doctor did. Yeah. Dr. Mize did. He said, he goes, I just prayed. He says, I prayed every little prayer in the word it had to do with raising the dead. Mm-hmm. But he said, but then finally, and I was just tired. And I said, devil, I'm not going to quit. Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm, this is my jungle. Come on. He says the mom gave up authority. Yeah. Here, this is here's the assumption here. You, you pray for somebody, and they haven't asked you to pray for them. Mm -hmm. The assumption is you have authority to pray that sickness off of them, and they haven't given you authority to 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 do it. Because they didn't ask you to do it. You call somebody. Hey, will you go to my my mom and dad's house to pray for them? Uh He goes. You pray for them, and and so when you pray for them, we'll pray that the devil gets off of them. But they didn't invite you to the house you ain't going to be clearing any devils out. Amen. Right. Yeah. He said the parents had given up their authority and brought him and the doctor gave up his authority and he brought him and then he used every, every word that he could, but that as soon as he took authority over the situation, over the conditions, over the area that he was serving in, things began to happen. They had to lay down their authority in order for you to If you go in a hospital and they ask you to leave. Well, you're, you're under the authority of the hospital. That's their authority. They're, they're under the care. Unless the family or the person says, I, please pray for me. She one, thing I, one thing he says I notice is that when people ask you to pray for them, they're giving you the authority. Yes. And once they give you the authority, you can pray for them. Yes. Boy, that really helped my mind clear some things out. Yeah. About, uh, but you have to ask. You see, if you're not asking for prayer... You're not asking for, for God to move in your life. Yes. You're you're gonna get you're under this. You're you're gonna get more of a lot of nothing. Yeah, you're, not that you're not giving that person that authority. Yeah. Reminds me of what Brother Hagin talked about. how yeah, he had that those two those two people in his church. He goes, they seem like the, these folks always get healed this. And he was an elder. He were, he was a, an elder. Or he did something in the church. And they were serving in the church, always in the church, always tithing and always giving. And so when he was showing up to these people's homes, they go, oh, she would knock on the door. They didn't come down the door right away. They come uh, And they knock. He'd be in there for an hour. He, well, they call me and I'm knocking. He's knocked. Kenneth uh, uh, kind of just knocking. And they find, oh, and the wife answers, oh, it's you. Oh, it's just you. And he goes, I don't know why he's asking anybody for prayer. He's saying, no, nothing ever works when anybody prays no authority. How can you have any authority in, in, in that? You're making the assumption that, well, I'm going to go in there and make a difference no matter what she says. You, you're not going to make much of a difference. Right. Again, you can't make the assumption that you have authority that has not been given to you. Then he has this other woman who hardly ever goes to church, but, and she knows she's a sinner. She knows she's barely walking with the Lord, but he knocks on that door. She goes, oh, Brother Hagin, I know that because I know that I'm not in church, and not, I, I know I really need to be through, but you know, I know God loves little children, I know God, and these babies are suffering. And I know that, that if you pray for them, that God don't want them to suffer. Yeah. And so what does she do? She's giving him the authority, yeah. and she's not putting up, she's not trying to puff herself up because she has done something. That's what people got to be careful with works. Yeah. They assume because they have works that their works back them. Yeah. And then they assume because, well, you know, nothing works for me. Then they, then they double down, and they hinder themselves even more. But this woman says, i know i'm a sinner i know my these kids need help and then she got low and next time he'd go he'd pray hands and 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 lay on hands on those children and those children would quickly recover they would quickly mend they would get better and, and every time every time he went on there he says it goes he just, it was just like night and day yeah. Yeah. what was the difference one honored the authority one was able to take the authority that was given to him from heaven And we as believers have got to learn to take the very place that belongs to you and I. And skillfully recognize why things are working and why they are not working. Because God wants you to walk in the miraculous. God wants you to live in victory. And we cannot live in victory if we are not allowing the Holy One of Israel to come into our lives and help you and I. He wants to help you. Say, he wants to help me. He, wants to help me. Yeah. he does. He wants to help you. Oh, I tell you, I've done preach myself happy. I have. So we don't ever let the devil imitate us, intimidate us. You, do you hear what I'm saying? We don't get distracted by the, by the world or its devices or its devices. We don't get distracted by the world. We don't get distracted by the world or its devices. (laughs) What have you been doing? day? Nothing. (laughs) We're really, we're we're really current on the weather. (laughs) Praise the Lord. You always stay till the devil leaves. Come on, come on, come on. You always stay till the devil leaves. That's right. That's right. That's good. Can I get an amen? I said you always stay until the devil leaves. That's right, that's right. Many people don't stick around enough long enough until the devil leaves. That's right. They give it five seconds. Well, I tried and walk away. Yeah, come on. Imagine praying for a little baby for twelve hours until you hit the answer. Yeah. Right. Man, imagine most most quit after the first hour. <laughs> or the first thirty minutes. Or the first five minutes. Well, I prayed and I used my authority and now I'm off to go. Yeah. It wasn't until he took authority and took possession of the jungle, and the room, and the location that things happened. Boy, I just, that just really just jumped out on, it's not like reading the scriptures, when you read a scripture that just kind of just jumps from the pages. I'm telling you, right, this is going to be a life-giving church. A church where you understand your authority, you pray for the sick, you know the authority that you have, and you start taking it. Now, I'm not talking about praying over your squirrel until he comes back to life. (laughs) Well, maybe you can do that. I don't know. I've never asked the Lord about about (laughs) squirrels and bringing back squirrels from the dead. Never asked about, but but when we're talking about people now, Mm -hmm. we're talking about people and taking our our rightful place, taking possession of our authority, taking our, our authority over over the area in which God has given you and I to have authority. Yeah. You have authority of your home. You have authority of what goes in and out of your house. Mm-hmm. If pornography comes in your home through the TV, you have the very choice to turn that off. Mm-hmm. If, if, if alcohol comes on, scenes of alcohol and drinking come on, you have the authority to turn that off. If, if things that, that, that say that, that are contrary to what you believe, yeah. you have the authority... To remove it out of your home. That's right. No one else has that authority. That's right. The scripture says, give no place to the devil. Yeah. Believers, we shouldn't give place to the devil. Yeah. Yeah. Through his music, through his influences, through his tactics through his speaking to you and says, no, you can't do it. There's no way you can do it. You're not anointed enough to do it. No, you say, devil, you shut your mouth. I am taking my authority. I am taking possession of what rightfully belongs to me. Yeah. You know, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Did we not just read that? Yeah. That means you, have, you can't just get faith by one hearing. That means you have to go back and hear what you already heard. Yeah. To remind yourself of what you not only heard, but what you also need to do. What you have been instructed to do. Yeah, that's right. Amen. No person is relieved from the obligation of acting within authority. I am not relieved of ever being a parent. I am a parent. As long as my kids live under, I have the authority. Do you hear what I'm saying? And, and, and as such, as a believer, we take our authority, but what God has already given us authority over. You. If you're going to be successful, you need to know where you're at and what and what you're dealing with. Yeah. Always get the authority on something. Boy, that really stood out to me. He says, I always got the authority from the family. If someone wants prayer, do you, if they want prayer, they're giving you the authority. Yeah. Could you pray for me? They're giving you authority. Then you, say, I take, then you say, I take the authority given to me to deal with this situation. You say that. You pray, in Jesus' name, I come to yes. you, Father. And if I thank you, Father, you always hear me. Yes. That's what Jesus did with Lazarus. Yeah. They said, Master, he was already... So he was already working in a swamp with unbelief, trying to cut through the, cut through the unbelief. But authority was given to him. Yes. Authority has already been given to you. Yeah, that's right. Come on. You take ownership of the area. And like we said, you, you, just, you just step in and do what God has told. This is why we're going to get, we need to get on some things. That's why we need to learn how to pray. Do you hear what? We, we need to learn how to pray as believers. Do you hear what I said? Because if you become, if you, if you, as a believer, if you become sloppy, that boy, it'll show up in your life. Not living the life of the fool will, will, will show up in your life. Amen? Amen. And here's another thing. And I'm going to get ready to close here. Mastering your authority, part of mastering your authority, you're going to have to learn to deal with offense. You hear what I said? Because offense, being offended, is self-injurious. You only injure yourself when you get offended. Only a little darkness will, will put out a light. You hear what I said? Only a little darkness will put out a light. Isn't that what the scripture says? The scripture says if there's a little bit of darkness, oh, how dark it is already in there. We think just a little bit of this or a little bit of that, that's okay. God understands. He knows that I'm a human being. I have my struggles. That's okay. That's all right. But the scripture says that a little darkness, Mm -hmm. there's great darkness. Mm -hmm. And he says with a little leaven of the Pharisees, with a little poor believing, it'll leaven the whole lump. So a life of not taking the authority in your life to remove things that ought not to be there Mm -hmm. only removes the authority in which you could or should be walking in. I'm telling you, church, this is an exciting time to be alive. I- I'm telling you right now, you better be ready because Jesus is coming back. All you do have to do to tell that Jesus is coming back is look at the, what's going on in the world. The wickedness that is, per, that is speaking up and talking. All it requires for things to turn around is a group of people to say, I refuse, I refuse to go with wickedness. I refuse to live in darkness. I refuse to live like the world. I decided to live like a beacon, like a light on top of a city. I choose to be the salt of the earth. I choose this day to live holy. I choose this day to walk in my divine authority. Say, I choose choose to to live out a victorious life. I have authority. I walk in authority. And I use my authority. Skillfully. Recognizing where I have it, where I need it, and how to take it. Some, did some of you get some ideas what you needed to do to get on top of some things? I'll tell you what, you do that, that'll start getting you on top of your finances. You start doing that, you start learning to pray in authority, it'll start making changes in your life. You start coming into prayer and, and starting to learn how to be skillful in prayer, your life will change from where you currently Amen. see it now. Amen. All it takes is a man or a woman who's, or a child or a kid that says I'm, who's brave enough to say, I am going to walk all the way with God. And there are some here listening right now. Because I want to take that full walk with God. Amen. I don't want to be partially in or partially out. I'm, t- I'm done playing the hokey pokey. Yeah. I, I, it's time for me to live Amen. all in. Amen. With no regrets. With nothing being held back. With every eye closed. And every head bowed.